0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Cynthia Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. And wow, what a phenomenal interview I have to share with you today. I'll be honest, um, you know, one of our filters here for our interviews is I want to make sure that I'm sharing stuff that I'm really proud to share. You know, I don't want anything um, coming out that I'm like, you know, on the fence about or uneasy about or something that's even just of not great quality. And, um, I am legitimately just so beyond proud to share this interview with you, with Matt Klein, uh, founder of Restored Ministries. Matt reached out to me really early in the days uh, when I started Deep Clean, and um, we got connected somehow. And he was like, "Hey, man, um, sounds like you got a good thing going." Um, I was thinking about launching this podcast at the time. Uh, That's when it was going to be called Five Minute Freedom, and he was like, "Hey, just cheering you on." Um, You know, we. We've been amazed at what God's done with our podcast and we know he's going to do the same thing with you and um, it was a real encouragement. So it's been fun just getting to know him a little bit more recently. Uh, we jumped on a call and, um, and uh, anyway, sat down and interviewed and um, we had a couple things we wanted to talk about and then we got to some places that we had no intention of. Um, but I, I think the, the one thing I just wanted you guys to catch from this before we go in is that Matt, um, you know, Matt really embodies a lifestyle of just living loved by God and it comes through. You can kind of hear it in his voice. You can sense it. Um, you certainly see it in, the, in his messaging and the way he communicates. And I just know you're going to be really blessed by this interview. We talked a little bit about sort of the truth behind masturbation. Is it okay? Is it not? How do you discern? Um, he shared a really vulnerable story about uh, going through sexual trauma with his wife um, being, while being married and um, you know what it looked like to kind of endure that while running this ministries that's all about people having a healthy sex life, and um, he was amazing. So it's it's a really good interview. I just encourage you to um, keep your heart open, uh, pay careful attention, and uh, without further ado, here's my interview with Matt Klein. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives, and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam, welcome to Unleash the Man Within. All right, well, Matt Klein, welcome to the podcast, man. It's great to have you here. Hello, hello. I just love what you've done, what you do, your heart, so I'm pumped to do this with you. Yeah, this is fun. I I think it might've been my first year that I sort of ventured out into this porn addiction recovery space and you and I got connected I, maybe through a mutual friend. I'm honestly forgetting the details now, but um, you're a huge inspiration to me, man. You guys had started a podcast. Um, you guys were going after it on Instagram and um, some great connections with Promise Keepers. And um, you know, since then you guys are really like blown up. I think God's done some incredible things with what you're doing and uh, yeah. we'll get into all of it, man. But all else to say is like been a fan for a long time. So to have you on the podcast is a real pleasure.
1: Really cool. Really cool. Well, I I didn't expect that. I like what you're doing too. And it's been so cool to see you grow and us grow. And that's the cool thing, man. The Lord wants to tackle pornography and get people healthy. And so he's raising up various different leaders and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. We're also
0: both Canadian, which is awesome because yeah. the more you'd venture into this space, I mean, there's people all over the world. Right. But a lot of them are based out of America. So
1: anytime yeah. there's
0: fellow Canadians, I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah, there's so only great.
1: a few north of the border. That's for sure. It's awesome. seriously.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. So, OK, I, I think for some context, it'd be cool to hear a little bit about your story. So you lead Restored Ministries. Um, I think it's understood that like any person who ventures into this space has their own experience and their own struggle with pornography. Yeah. Um, and this is going to be like super Canadian of you because hockey obviously plays into your story a little bit. Um, promise keepers did a great bit on you and all that. So I wonder if you can just give us a little bit of a synopsis, man. How'd you get into this space? Sure. Yeah. I'll try
1: to be quick, but, uh, I grew up as a hockey guy. I was a pastor's kid. Um, and, a, and, a pastor's grandson. I mean, everybody, uncles, <laughs> everything in my, everyone in my family is a minister of some sort. And so a lot of people growing up would be, are you going to be pastor too? But everything was hockey, uh, I always joke. I never played, I never played with Lego as a kid. That probably did some harm. It's good to play with Lego (laughs) brain, but, but hockey was everything for me. And so I was, I was good. I played, you know, high levels. I did really well. And uh, this whole time I knew I was a Christian. I accepted the Lord when I was six. I remember the experience. It was a powerful thing, but it was always rules based and no, you know, you just, you don't swear, you don't drink, you don't do drugs. You don't party that kind of thing. And so, in the hockey environment, that's a really common thing to go to parties and to kind of be macho and to be cool. And so I never felt like I wanted to fit in fully to that. Um, but I had this pornography addiction start when I was 11 years old, when a friend showed it to me. And I was hooked instantly. And I knew it was wrong, but I was hooked instantly. And that's the common for a lot of people. There's that that enticement, but that shame at the same time, but the enticement just took over. Yeah. And so I knew that it was wrong. I didn't want to uh, talk about it in a, in in the hockey arena with hockey teammates because I didn't I knew that Christians shouldn't do that that was yeah. in my my little brain that's what I thought and so I wanted to represent Christianity as well as I could but at the same time then I'm in church and I'm hearing people talk about relationship with Jesus and like oh I heard the Lord speak to me and I'm going like. What are you talking about? Relationship with Jesus? Like God is like He's this thing in the sky. Like, how could you have a relationship? And I was so hmm. confused. And so I didn't really feel like I fit in anywhere. Um, I had a couple friends, I really loved my family, but I just, you know, I, I hockey was my life, and so I did that, but there was no real spiritual depth. And so, and so just to make it kind of long story short. Uh, I was 18 years old. I was kind of on the bubble and in that time frame of life where I could have been drafted to the NHL hmm. um, professional hockey here. And, uh, and I, I got hurt. I got a con- career ending concussion and Dang. five days after I got hurt, our team chaplain gave a talk that really just changed my life. And the Lord spoke to me through it. And so I started my relationship with Jesus and I started thanking him for the peace that he was giving me and really just seeking him not out of, guilt because I felt like oh I should read the Bible. It's been collecting dust for three months, but <laughs> opening it because I actually wanted to get to know the Lord. And huh. and over the course of the next couple of years I just kind of got to know the Lord more. But I had this inkling in me like I want to start an organization um in the church, kind of like AA but for pornography. That's what I would always say. Okay. And so okay. I was 21 and I remember thinking, I don't want to be married and watching pornography at the same time. And so if that's going to be the reality, I got to uh, like, there's got to be a last time. Mm-hmm. And so I was in the middle of watching pornography and I closed my computer and I, I literally did not even think about it for like, uh, I mean, it was six or eight months before even a temptation came. And so I just thought, you know, I'm free of this. I I, I don't do this anymore. I don't think about it. But in that time frame. I, I never grew in my relationship with the Lord. I had a little bit, but it wasn't super deep and passionate. And mm. so I didn't know how to give him glory. I didn't know intimacy with him. I didn't have this passionate pursuit with him, uh, although there was something there. And so I, it was more just my own willpower that made a good decision to quit porn. And so two and a half years went on. I was free of it, never really thought of it. And one night I had just gotten an iPhone. For the first time and somebody had said something to me at work that triggered me to have this thought and i i searched it up that night and it was two and a half years after that of a super long hard uh, just brutal battle worse than ever where i couldn't get free of porn and so i was praying i'm like god like i had something strong enough before i i quit porn not wanting to have those images in my mind when i was dating a girl and that was strong enough but but why is that not strong enough? I need something strong, like an anchor to, to help me quit. Yeah. And I was also praying. I was saying, God, um, I want to be used by you. Like I want to impact people all over the world. And so one day I was in a church service, and and the Lord, I just felt him. He, he spoke to my heart. And I was sitting down in the worship um, time of the service, and I just heard God say to me, Matt, I want to use you, but you've got to get pure. And Wow that was what I needed. Like I prayed those two prayers. Give me something. I want to be used by you. And he answered them both in one go. Yeah. (laughs) And I knew that I had to get rid of this thing in order to be used. But what I didn't understand immediately was that there's this concept of broken vessels and we can, we're all broken vessels. The Lord will work through a donkey. The Lord will work through unbelievers. You can work through broken vessels yeah. And so why did he say to me that I had to be pure of this stuff to be used by him? Well, in order to get pure and get free of pornography, I had to do that, not through my own willpower, but through intimacy with Christ, through actually learning him, learning his voice, getting to know and falling in love with my father.
0: Hmm. And
1: through doing that, when we're intimate with the Lord, that's where fruit comes from your life. And so he was saying, I need you to be pure. I need you to go in this pursuit of intimacy with me because that's going to, number one, help you to be free forever, but also, number two, help you to have fruit in your life. And so that's kind of my story in a nutshell from when I was young with hockey and pornography and how this all this whole
0: thing got started. That is so powerful, man. I didn't realize how many commonalities we had in our story because, you know, I'm like a fourth generation pastor And, um, you know, like I think didn't get didn't really even understand relationship with Jesus until about the same age and all that stuff. That's really, really cool. Um, Yeah. The one thing I wanted to ask you about, just going a little bit back into your story, can you talk a little bit about how hockey culture and maybe we can broaden it a little bit, but like athletic culture in general, did it factor into porn consumption at all because i think there is an understanding that like locker rooms can be a little bit of a seedy place sometimes and you know i'm hearing stories all the time like i am working with athletes every once in a while and you hear about them like in the locker room showing each other videos sending links over like just talking about it very openly what they've been watching Uh, was that at play uh, for you when you were playing hockey
1: yeah i mean i saw a lot of that for sure there's guys uh doing you know gross twisted things together watching pornography together Um, I never took part in it because I again I didn't want people to know that I was a Christian that watched pornography. But what it did was it created secrecy in me and created shame. And so I learned really, really early and I and I was really good at it. I learned how to how to keep secrets. And I I I mean, I kind of got busted once by my parents, but I talked my way out of it. And so I never really they didn't know, like I really never got busted. Nobody knew. And so the hockey culture did two things. Number one, it, it helped me learn how to keep secrets and keep things in and just keep to myself. And that, and that's in the dark is where these things grow. Um And the second thing that it did was it created this normalcy around uh sexual things, perverted things, uh crude jokes, even. Yeah. And I love even in scripture, it's like, don't, don't, have, don't um, say crude jokes, but it says, but instead be thankful. And I'm like, man, like, why is that the opposite? Like, why is crude jokes? <laughs> And thankfulness, the opposite. But I really believe that when when people are taking part in crude jokes, you're doing it for attention because you're wanting something. You're wanting attention. You're wanting your heart to feel like, oh, I'm funny. Like, people are liking me. But can you just instead not take part in that and just be so thankful that the Lord is in your heart and that Mm -hmm. you're fully accepted? Like, can you give thanks for what's good in your life? And so I didn't know how to do that. And so I wasn't content in those environments because... I was going, you know, crude jokes and all of these different things. That's normal. Um, And I really didn't know anybody that didn't participate in that stuff because that was my world.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. And the thankfulness thing, obviously, like you said, tied into having that career ending er, uh, injury. And then five days later, you're getting this life changing message that's teaching you to be thankful, you know, which I think is really powerful because um, disappointments in life is probably one of the biggest trigger points for a guy like when you kind of look back at his journey and his struggle with porn it's often life transitions or major disappointment getting your heart broken um and man i mean what guy in his 30s didn't have a career twist you know like intentions to do one thing and and the other way so really powerful man um just out of curiosity do you still have any contact with that chaplain or that mentor yeah i mean i love him i love the guy
1: he's just he was, it's a cool thing for him. Like he's a humble guy and he's just, you know, like I didn't know what I was doing. The Lord worked (laughs) through me. Right. And so, uh, my parents are always so thankful. I mean, he had such an impact on your life. And to be honest, like I knew him for a couple months, it wasn't like this huge, deep relationship, but he really did impact me, but I love him. And I send him messages every so often. And you know, I update him on the ministry. I sent him that documentary that you're talking about. Promise keepers did, and I just think it's yeah. cool for someone that impacted someone to know what the Lord is doing. So, um, yeah, his name's his name's Mike Vanderquack. He's a pastor in Chilliwack, and he's awesome. Wow. Okay. Really cool.
0: Really cool, man. So, I love what you said at the end there. So, you're talking about um, experiencing intimacy with Jesus and how that was sort of the thing that I think set you free for real. You know, because I I had a similar yeah. story. Like, I went. I don't think it was quite two and a half years, but I definitely went over a year not really looking at porn, masturbating, engaging in any of that. So I would say like I was sober, but I wasn't free, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think it's really powerful what you shared about that intimacy with Jesus piece, because people might hear like, well, exactly what you said, like, why would I have to be pure to do what I'm supposed to do? Like, we're all broken and everything else. But I was it was a Jehovah sneaky, right? Like he's kind of you inviting you into... A deeper intimate relationship to give you actually everything that you were going to need for the rest of your life whether it was um you know restored ministries or something else i wonder That's if you great. can just talk a little bit about it because intimacy with jesus is a big deal for me as well and i i go about it pretty quietly but my um, guys know in the program this is something we teach uh we do like a whole a whole module on spiritual disciplines and um and how the purpose of those disciplines are actually to build connection you know to foster that intimacy it's not about How many chapters did you read or how much time did you spend in worship? Like it's really about fostering that real tangible connection. Um, Can you talk a little bit about it? And I wonder if you can maybe even demystify the word intimacy, which for some guys might be a little bit too touchy feely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, intimacy is demystify it. Well, it's the best thing you could ever have in your life is intimacy with the maker of everything. Mm, (laughs) The God of the world who wants to be close and be intimate with you. And not only, the God of the world and the maker of everything, like the lover of your soul. He wants to come and just mm. pour his love, like unbelievable love, unimaginable love into you. I mean, how fulfilling would that be? That <laughs> feels so good. And so, um, yeah, I mean, people are scared of intimacy, especially when there's been uh, hurts or there's been so much shame, built up trauma over the years. And you're just going like, man, like if I was known, I would never be loved. If I was known, people people wouldn't love me or I could never approach God with my junk. I'm too ashamed. Like he's the holy God. But the desire that all of us have in our hearts is to be known. And so we have this fear of being known. And so we, we don't open up and build intimacy with the Lord or with other people, but it's only in opening up and being known that we can have intimacy and that we can be known. And so mm. intimacy is something that, that is, is central. Like it's crucial. We need that with Jesus. And that's why we're born. I mean, we're all like, what's our purpose? What's God's will for me? What's his call? He wants intimacy with us. Like his purpose for us is like, be one with me. Wow. I want to, I want to just be with you in this last week. Even I've just been with the Lord and not even in scripture um, with this revelation, but just like driving around. And I, I think it was even a couple of days ago, I was just driving around and just worshiping and And thanking God for different things. And I felt this word um, uh, communion come to mind. Hmm. And I was like, I've never thanked him for that. But I was like, man, like, you just want to have communion with me. Like, you just want to commune with me. Just be with me. It's so cool, Lord. Thank you for this. I was on the road driving. And and so he just wants that. He just wants to be with us. And we feel guilty sometimes. Um, I felt it this morning. I woke up late. I had a group to run, so I woke up, came right down to uh, d- to run this group, and right after the group, I felt the Lord speak to me about something. But my first thought was that can't be the Lord. I didn't spend time in the Word today. And then I yeah. went, "What on earth?" I'm like, "That doesn't. That's not a condition on having intimacy with Jesus." Yeah. Like, not mad at me and distant because I didn't spend the time in the word today. And so <laughs> we, we often think, like, oh, I'm not close to him because I haven't done certain things. And there is that element where you've got to spend time in the prayer closet. You have to know his word. That's how you get to know his voice. Yeah. But he wants to just have us know him when we're out at a coffee shop or when we're on an airplane. And it's the most fulfilling thing. And so the last thing that I'll kind of say on this is, um, in First Thessalonians four, it talks about God's will and like living living right. Like we've taught you to live right for the Lord. Let like now do this, and it says now it's God's will that you be sanctified. And He's talking to the church in Thessalonica, and He's just talking in general terms, like like let's live right. You've been taught these things. Live it out. God's will is for you to be sanctified. Hmm. And then He says, so abstain from sexual immorality. <laughs> and I'm like why when you're talking in general terms and you say to be sanctified why do you go right to sexual immorality like why do you not say so therefore don't drink or therefore uh don't gossip don't let bitterness and mm. why is it sexual immorality but it's because in that church that was one of the biggest struggles and i believe that if it's the biggest struggle in somebody's life if you can learn in the midst of sexual temptation and sexual struggle to welcome the Lord into that rather than just, I never want to be tempted anymore. Yeah. Rather than that, to be like, I'm tempted Lord come in and satisfy me in this moment. That's Mm. intimacy. And so when it's your biggest struggle, he's like, man, bringing me into this is your process of sanctification becoming all that you can be.
0: That's good, man. That's so good, man. It reminds me of um, Exodus and it uh, somewhere along the way they talk about how like you know the israelites have fallen away and they start worshiping idols and god does not he does call it idolatry in some of his interactions with moses but the word he uses predominantly is adultery it's like you you chose another idol you chose another god it's not just idolatry like it's not just that you chose another idol you chose another lover like you chose another place to get your needs met you know like it's so powerful and that's that's an, an inferior covenant right so how much more in this new covenant are we invited to that place of intimacy i I love it man um you've made several references to hearing god's voice you know him speaking in your heart and that kind of thing i'm wondering if you could dumb that thing down like just write down the fundamentals for somebody who maybe says god
1: doesn't speak to me i can't hear god's voice yeah i mean i'll be honest with you when i started hearing god's voice i had never had a teaching on it in my life oh wow um there was this, this, this group of people that I was with that were passionately on fire for the Lord. And I just wasn't there. And I saw their passion. And I was, I said to myself, I'm like, I'm like the worst Christian in this room. <laughs> I don't understand why they're like just crying out to God and hands in the air. and like, what are they doing? <laughs> and so they had this, this time where they're hanging out and they're saying, we want to pray and, and prophesy over each other. And, and I just, said to the Lord in that moment, because I was nervous. Like I was going to be in this group of eight or nine people all in a room. And we were all supposed to like pray God's word over people. And I just said to the Lord, I'm like, if I can do this, can you please make it super real for me? Hmm. And so um, we got in the environment and somebody was saying, Hey, you know, let's pray over this person. And so Ashley went first and she's sitting there. And everybody prayed, and, and but before we prayed, I just kind of said, I'm like, guys, can you explain what's going to happen? <laughs> and they said, yeah, just pray and ask the Lord, hey, what do you want me to say to Ashley? It might be a feeling, it might be a word or, or a picture in your mind that you get. Uh, it might be just a word that you see in your mind's eye, but whatever you feel, it probably will be from the Lord, and so say that. Mm. And so everybody's praying, oh, the Lord is saying this to you, Ashley. The Lord is saying this to you, the Lord is saying this. And I'm the whole time like, I got nothing. And <laughs> and, I, and I say this part of the story because a lot of people, like you said, are going, well, I don't hear God's voice. And so when we don't hear God's voice, we get really discouraged. And like, I don't think that it's for me. It might just be for other people. Well, everybody in the room except for me had said, God said this about you, Ashley. And it all made sense. Like it was all lining up. Like what one person said and the other person said it was all the same. <laughs> and so... Ashley's she's a friend, but she was kind of forward. She That's just her personality. And so at the end, she looked at me and like, well, what about you, Matt? Like, what do you have for me? <laughs> and I'm like, I got nothing. And so, so the next, we had time to pray for one more person. And so I'm like, guys, pray for me. I put my hand up and they're like, you know, let's pray for Cam, this guy beside me. I'm like, "Ah, oh, I got to do this again. <laughs> I'm going to fail. And so we sat there and we prayed and uh and i instantly got this picture in my mind's eye and it was him uh, on a farm and i knew that this farm was not his home but it was one that was familiar to him it was kind of like a second home to him and he was standing at the edge of a gate um and, and it was the gate leaving the property but he was kind of hesitant to go out but on the outside of the gate was all gray and like little sparklies or little stars i guess you could call them And I just the whole time was like, Lord, like, what's in the gray? Like, you need to tell me the gray because I don't understand the fullness of this picture. And so everybody had prayed and I went last. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just tell you what happened. (laughs) And so I explained this to him. And later on, somebody said, hey, Cam, was any of that real to you? And he said, yeah, what Matt said to me was so real. A year and a half ago, my fiance got killed by by a guy texting and driving. She got killed a kilometer from her farm. And that farm that you described was the farm that I spent years at with her. Wow. The, the trial for that guy is coming up in five days. And once the trial's done, I'm going to have closure. I'm going to leave where I live, but I don't know where I'm going. But I know the Lord is with me. He was standing on the outside of the gate, saw the gray, don't know where he's going to go. But the stars like the Lord was with him. And so right then, I'm like, wow, like the Lord spoke to me. And so he just started training me over the next few months that you can really ask the Lord for pictures and trust that it's him. Hmm. You can ask him to speak to you. And he started showing me, it would just be like a word, like if you remember word art from when we were a kid, (laughs) like block letters in our mind's eye. And I would just speak that over people. And, um, And I remember one night, it was a few months later, I had never had a dream in my life. And I said to the Lord, it'd be really cool if you gave me a dream tonight. And he gave me a dream. And that's been happening since. And so I really think we can get teaching on hearing God's voice. But I want to encourage people. I had this revelation last year that in scripture, it says that the the sheep can hear the voice of the shepherd. And some people think, but if I can't hear his voice, am I not a sheep? Like, am I not a believer? Am I not in the family of God? But I want to encourage you that because you are in the family of God, that verse is encouraging you. You can hear his voice yeah. and ask him to tune your ears to
0: him and he'll do it. Oh man, what a story. What a story, man. I was like fighting back tears there. That's really powerful. It, was cool. it, it reminds me of what one of my mentors said, which is like, hearing God's voice is not, it's not a gift. It's not a tool. It's a fundamental right of yeah, like any good. believer, right? Any Like any son and daughter, what, what son and daughter would not be able to hear the voice of their father, you know, like. It yeah. just comes with the territory. So I, I love the way you broke that down and I totally agree. Like it's um, I think it's just part of the everyday life of the believer. Um, Okay. So I, I can kind of see how like for you, you found this intimate relationship with God. A lot of it is centered around hearing his voice and that kind of daily communion, which of course, like, I mean, that makes sense. Like any relationship we have with a person, there there'd be go. regular interactions, right? And you're hearing each mm-hmm. other and you're, you're building connection that way. I'm wondering if you can like, just drive it home a little bit more. How does having an intimate relationship with God stop me from watching pornography?
1: Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, I would say that there's a couple things that come to mind. Number one, we're, we're made to live filled. Mm. God made us incomplete on purpose so that he could fulfill us. So when we're living in fulfilled or, or unfulfilled, we go to an escape because we're going, I just don't like the pain. I don't like feeling not fulfilled. I don't like feeling empty. So we go to an escape, Yeah, but we're not made to escape. We're actually made to enter into his presence. And so when we feel empty or unfulfilled, we've got to recognize like, Lord, I'm longing for community right now. I'm longing for fun right now. Can I get that from you? How can I get that in my life? Can you lead me in that? How can I, like, if I'm longing for a marital relationship and I'm single, how can I surrender that God? And how can I delight in surrender? Because he's called us to surrender. And then he says in multiple places in scripture to delight in the law of the Lord. So how can I delight in surrendering my desire that's not yet being fulfilled, but I'm going to take delight in the Lord? And so when yeah. people are like, man, but I don't understand, like, how is God's strength made perfect in my weakness? I don't get it. So I'm just going to not pursue it. I'm going to go watch porn because it's what I do. It's like this pursuit of intimacy fills your heart in a way that you actually don't even need to escape anymore. Hmm. And in First Peter 4.1, it says that, that those who suffer in the body, if they arm themselves with the attitude of Christ, the same attitude that he has, it says that sin literally just ceases in your life. And so we always encourage people, I'm not interested in having you try to quit porn. Like, don't (laughs) just try and, like, white-knuckle it and, like, grit your teeth. And that's what I did for two years, and I ultimately fell later on. Don't try to try. Train yourself. Like, arm yourself with the attitude of Christ. Make that your pursuit. And when Mm -hmm. you do that, like, sin literally just ceases in your life. 1 Peter 4.1, you can read it. And so what I just kind of covered, without really even realizing it, is number one, the heart issue, like filling your heart with the love of God so that you don't have to escape so that you can live filled when you're one with him. And then number two, it's the mind. And so it's the heart being filled and then the mind renewing the mind, which leads to transformation where, where sin doesn't even have a foothold in your life anymore. That's
0: really good, man. Really good. First Peter four. I'm going to make a reference here just so that the scripture's there for anyone who wants to look more into it. Um, What does it look like to experience intimacy with God after a slip? And after you've made that mistake, because I think um, like for me, I say I, I was never in a binge purge cycle. I was in the, the binge prayer cycle, you know, um, and like it was often very remorseful, uh, very sorrowful, like just begging for God's forgiveness. And obviously, as I grew in my understanding of God's nature and his love, those prayers started to change. But I'm just wondering if you can maybe talk about that on the other side of it. You know, if maybe people don't catch it in advance, but they're still making the mistakes. Um, what does it look like to experience
1: God on that side of it? Yeah, that's a really good question. I love talking about that too. Um, that dream that I talked about, that first dream I ever got, it was the Lord showing me, and I'm don't, I'm not i not going to get into it for the sake of time, but, but it was the Lord showing me that when I sinned, because what had happened was that night I had masturbated, and the next day I was preaching. And so I'm wow. like, oh, Lord, like, forgive me. <laughs> and then separately, like, it'd be cool if you gave me a dream. And then he, again, answered two prayers in one. Hmm. and so he was showing me that i screwed up but it was like it was unintentional it's not like i planned for it it just like in an instant i screwed up i hmm. still have a good heart this is what the lord was showing me and so the, and then he said um um i like he, he gave me a picture of he was the son and he was beaming down on me and he was looking at me as if like i had never done anything wrong like a father just like is so proud of his newborn child hmm. and so I was like, but, but like, I just sinned. Like, you can't look at me like I've never done anything wrong. Like I just like, it's like, like a minute ago in the dream, like I just (laughs) sinned. And so over the next, it probably took honestly about five years of continually telling myself like, no, the Lord forgives me instantly. Like when I go to him, when I'm repentant, I'm forgiven. And mm. so I would say, no, like I got to beat myself up for a day or two when I would sin. <laughs> then maybe yeah. the Lord can forgive. But it's like, no, instantly. And so what that helped me do was agree with his word that like literally my sin is as far away from me as the east is from the west. And that's not just scripture, but it's real. And mm. so I had to speak that and agree with that even when I didn't feel it. And it took years, but I'm, I'm at the point now where I really I understand that. But what I always teach people to do is is don't don't, don't ask God for forgiveness. And I always say Jesus, and this kind of rows people the wrong way sometimes, but I'll explain. <laughs> um, Jesus was the last person on earth that ever had to ask God for forgiveness. Because at that moment, forgiveness was made available for all of us. Mm. And so instead of asking as if we don't have it, ask God, please forgive me. No, no, you already are forgiven. So when nice. you go to him, thank you, God, that I'm forgiven. Thank you that 2000 years ago, you made grace available that you covered what I just did. Yeah. And so immediately when you sin, go into thanking God for forgiveness. I mean, he understands you have you probably don't want this. You probably don't want to watch porn or you don't want to masturbate. You probably don't want it. He knows that about you. He wants to help you out. You, he wants you to be covered by his garments, covered by the Lord, covered by grace. And so he wants us to move into thanking him for what, what he's already made available. And, and, and so there's this aspect of going to him. But God also says, like, repent. But he also says, confess your sins. Right. And so a lot of us go to, I'm going to repent to the Lord. And then we're done. But that's actually not scriptural. He wants us to move into freedom. And I love how you said it earlier. You said you you were sober, but you weren't free. And I always Mm. talk about sober and healthy being the opposites. But I love free. It's probably better than health even. Um, (laughs) And so when he wants us to be healthy and free, he's going to repent to me. Yes, but also confess your sins to one another. Because that's and and he says to do that each time we sin because that's exposing the darkness that then his grace is going to be allowed to hit your life. Yeah, that's powerful, man. Really powerful. So,
0: okay, one of the questions that I'm sure you get asked this a lot, too, but I feel like sometimes it's a shock when you tell people what you do. Right. Um, They're like, you know, you help people with what? And I think inevitably if somebody does dabble in porn or they're struggling and they, they know they want to get free. Like, I know for some people, they're just super guarded once they hear what I do. Other people are quite curious. And there's people in the middle who are like, okay, but what about this, Matt? Like, surely it's okay for me to do this. And usually, this is something along the lines of masturbation. Like, it's okay. Like, if I'm married, is it okay then? Like, what if I'm fantasizing to my wife? You know, like, there's all the little caveats and permutations that people try to come up with. Um, You have a really cool perspective on it. And I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about just how you might answer that line of questioning.
1: Yeah, I mean the the people and, and I wouldn't say it's the majority of Christians or pastors who think that masturbation's good or fine. I would say most people don't, but there are definitely some and there's Christian counselors and pastors that say, Yeah, like if you're not getting sex in your marriage, just masturbate. You've got sexual needs. Hmm. I'm like, man, needs? Like we have sexual needs. Needs are like air, food. Like if we don't get our needs, we'll (laughs) die. Like, did you ever read the obituary of that guy? You didn't get off for six months and he just suddenly died at home. (laughs) (laughs) Sexual needs is not a biblical concept. It's actually, it makes us a victim to God's design. Well, it's not my fault. My wife's not giving me what I want. God hasn't given me a spouse yet. It's his fault. Of course, he gave me these sexual needs. I have to get off. Right. So a marriage has sexual needs, a marriage to have a healthy marriage, like sex is part of that. That's God's design um, to have a healthy sex life. There's needs there. Like there's like, you know, a, a guy is a guy can be quick. A girl needs foreplay. Like there's needs within that. But mm-hmm. I don't have sexual needs myself. Like, I think that either cosmopolitan or some horny husband trying to manipulate his wife <laughs> made up the term sexual needs. Like, babe, I got sexual needs. Take care of me. Mm. Scripture says you have sexual urges. And in that verse in First Thessalonians 4 that I referred to earlier about the sanctification, it says, so learn to control your body in a way that's holy and honorable to God. And so if we're growing up learning that every time I have a sexual urge, I'm just going to masturbate. I just don't know how that's holy and honorable to God. Hmm. Maybe somebody could could argue that, but I'm going to go a little (laughs) bit further on this. And the reason I do this is because people are sometimes iffy, like, well, the Bible doesn't talk about masturbation, so maybe it's okay. And I just think, but it doesn't talk about masturbation. Maybe it's not okay. (laughs) Like, (laughs) does God not have a thought about it? Like, is, is God just like, ah, oh, whatever, like, this is your call, whatever. Like, God has a thought for everything. And in in, in Scripture, it says that that it's it's uh, to the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search it out. right. And so when it's not clear in Scripture, he wants us to search it out. And the reason is because he wants intimacy with us. He wants hmm. us to learn his voice. He wants us to pursue him. And so it starts with this feeling like, If you're pro masturbation, like, do you feel great after? Probably not. If you've Mm -hmm. got the Holy Spirit in you, you've got the spirit of truth in you, which is leading you to think, like, oh, maybe this isn't good. And so here's the biblical foundation, apart from what I've already said. Early on in the Bible, God makes man. But what God doesn't say is, He doesn't say to His Son and to the Holy Spirit, hey, guys, hang out over there. Don't look what I'm doing. I'm going to go make mankind in my image. What he actually says is I'm going to make, or or, or he says, let us, us plural, make man in our image. So he sets Hmm. the stage early that every single thing that he's going to do from here on out is with those he's in intimate relationship with. Yeah. And then he makes us and he says, man, you can do nothing apart from me, but with me, you can do all things. He invites us into that oneness with him. And so, moving forward, every time sex is talked about, any like sexual activity is talked about in the Bible in a positive light, it's always between a man and a wife in the context of marriage. And so, why does God not talk about masturbation in the Bible? Because it would be a waste of ink, honestly. Like, he tells us what God's design is for sex. So if masturbation is a sexual activity, it falls outside of God's design. And so he doesn't need to waste ink. He's like, if you know the truth, you can also know the counterfeit. And masturbation is a counterfeit. And so I always encourage people to this is like, we don't want to feel shame about this. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. We're not out to shame anybody. When you get urges to masturbate, I'm like, man, that's one of the coolest opportunities to learn how God can satisfy your heart. And if you don't know how to do that, just say, hey, God, I feel like masturbating right now. I don't understand how you can satisfy me, but can you please teach me? And just yeah, keep on yeah. saying that. And just like, God, I don't understand how your strength can be made real in my life. Can you teach me? Like, just like so often we complicate it. Like, oh, well, I don't know how to do this. But then tell God you, you don't know how to do it. And he'll be so faithful. And there, I guess there's one other scripture that I... I can give, and this is a quick one, but yeah, go for it, man. When, when Paul's talking about marriage and he's talking about, give each other your conjugal rights and don't come apart, um, um, except for a time of prayer and fasting, but don't do it for too long so that you don't give in to sexual temptation. I just think like if prayer and fasting is that important, which it is, wouldn't Paul say, Hey, always give each other conjugal rights. Always serve each other sexually but only come apart for prayer and fasting but because prayer and fasting is so important and masturbation is okay just masturbate so that you can continue on in prayer and fasting he doesn't do that he goes come together so that you don't give in to sexual temptation so there's no room for masturbation if you look at scripture in the whole and you know god's character which is really cool dang that was the best answer ever i want to transcribe that thing and memorize it man that
0: was really good um Okay. So I'm, I'm curious, like, so you've built up restored ministries. You guys are reaching tons of people. uh, You're running groups and uh, I want you to talk a little bit about that in a couple minutes, but I'm just curious, Matt, like, what are you seeing in the people that you're working with? What are some of the hot button topics? What are the questions that you get asked all the time or the areas where people just need a little bit more help than normal? I wonder if you can just give us some of the secret sauce um, of like how you guys are helping people get free right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, everybody's different. Everyone's got a different journey. Um, yeah, I remember when we really exploded. It was in the middle of uh, the summer in 2020, right after COVID hit. And before that, we'd been doing more offline stuff, and we had not, we had an online program. But but we really, the Lord led us to go all online, and that really exploded things. And so when we started, there were multiple people that like 30 year addictions. And they came into our first Facebook event that they did there that we did and they never went back to porn. Wow. And I was going like, look why? Like and and now it's a year and a half and they're still never gone back. Like now Hmm. a lot of these guys are leaders and they're making an impact. And 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 so I'm I I asked them, I'm like, what's the difference here? And I mean, now it might sound repetitive, but like over and over the guys are like, I learned how to love God more. Like, I learned the love of the Father in the midst of my trauma. It's not just in the midst of temptation, but, like, when I'm having a fight with my wife, I learned how filled I am by the Lord. I just got an email today, actually, from a guy who's like, man, like, Matt, we were talking about identity last week in a one-on-one coaching thing. And he was really struggling to say, like, I am God's beloved son. Like, he knew it, but he couldn't say it. And so we got this, I got this email from him today and he's like, man, Matt, like the Lord showed it to me in scripture and I can say it now and I feel free. And it's like this understanding that God loves you and you can think like Christ. Um, That's a huge revelation for people. And so no matter if it's um, trauma or if it's temptation or if it's the the lies that we believe the justifications that we use, whatever it is, you've got to have truth come into there because truth sets you free. And so one thing that I really could could answer you with on this that I haven't touched on yet is that people have to be willing to expose things. And mm. one thing that we do is really cool. It, it's called a cleansing hour and cleansing hours. We don't charge a set rate. It's just people come in and they donate whatever they want to donate. And, and we just spend an hour with them. There's me and there's others that do it. And there's, there's, it, it's the coolest thing because we just say, Hey, what do you have that are secrets? And every time people are like, there's things I've never told anybody, but I'm going to share it here. You're a guy on the computer on the other side of the world. Like I can trust (laughs) you. Right. So we help people get it out. But we also help people like like understand what's all over all around it. So you got to be willing to expose and not to say, yeah, I struggled with lust. Well, what is lust? Even this is a cover up. I struggled with porn twice this week. That's a cover up. Because what if it's gay porn and you're a straight man who's married? What if it's what if it's uh, what if it's child porn, and you're mm-hmm. just saying I struggle with porn, but you're not actually exposing everything? What wow. if it's bestiality and everybody else in your group is talking about you know uh, incest porn, but you're like the bestiality person? Like, can you share that? And so we train our leaders and our coaches to really create safe environments for people to expose everything. And so part of exposing it is not just exposing like, hey, this is my fantasy. This is why or this is like how often I do it. But it's like, this is why I was scared to share. Like I was scared that people were going to judge me. I was scared that my marriage was going to end. We teach people go to your spouse and say, hey, the reason why I was scared to say certain things is because of this. And we don't teach them to share all of their fantasies. We teach that to be in context of guys or context of girls. So if it's a woman, but um, anyways, that's a different teaching. I don't need to get into, but, sure. but, um, but we teach people like, what's all the heart beliefs that you've developed, the minds, the mindset, the lies that have developed that all are connected to your secret. You've got to get all of that stuff out. And yeah. so that is a huge, huge thing in, in getting free and starting the process to freedom. Dang. That's so good, man. That's really, I love it.
0: Cleansing hour, you said. Is that what it's called? Yeah.
1: It's really cool. I'm like, man, Lord, this is cool. They're fun.
0: That's a cool (laughs) concept.
1: People come in so nervous and like every time they're like, I feel so light at the end.
0: It's really cool. (laughs) That's amazing, man. Great idea. Really cool. So, um, okay, last question. What do you do personally at this point to help you, um, you know, walk in further freedom, um, I know you're married and you're starting a family. Um, I'm just curious, is there anything in particular that you're doing in your life right now to to help you stay on the path and you know go further down it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I am married. I've got uh, I've got two kids, one's three, one's ten months. Um, in our marriage, we've had a lot of trauma around sex. It started a month into our marriage, and we had mm-hmm. like like extreme trauma. Like I'm talking like doctors had no idea what to do uh wow eventually a doctor was like oh like louise you could just leave him you could just go be with somebody else and be fine um oh doctors going like like if you have sex it might be fatal like we don't want you to have sex anymore to try to make a kid like i'm talking like extreme trauma what was it like vaginismus or something like that or what what was the deal it caused vaginismus but it was it's worse than that and so gosh it, it just caused like extreme pain. Like our proteins didn't don't match or don't mix. And so there's like extreme pain. It's messed up. And so eventually wow. one doctor was like, oh, I think there's, I've heard of it. 10, 10 years ago, I heard of it once. And another one said there's like 50 cases in the world on, on this. And so all the while now we've been married six years and I'm talking about God's designed for sex and pornography and it's just triggering my wife and it's triggering me. And there's all of this trauma. And so it's brutal. But what I had to do in this process is learn like, man, like I got to be so emotionally and spiritually um, mature, that even when we're not healthy, emotionally healthy, like we've got hurts, we can still be mature, like we can be like, man, I'm not healthy right now. Therefore, I'm going to talk. I'm I'm not healthy physically. So I'm going to take medication. That's maturity. So I'm not healthy Mm -hmm. emotionally. But like, or spiritually, but I'm I'm going to make decisions to have people around me and to talk to talk about this, and so I've had, I have four and sometimes five guys that are my guys. Like I talk to them and I can be really open with them about anything, and um, and one thing that the Lord has really challenged me on, to be honest, even in the last week is like or, or last couple of weeks, like, do you believe Matt that I could help you live a life like a hundred percent free of sexual fantasy? and I'm like mm. wow lord like that's good like there's porn there's masturbation but like what about like even if it's like one thought in my mind a month like can i be free of it mm. i want that yeah. and so the lord is like lifting the 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 limitations off me and going like there's more matt there's more and so those restrictions that. and always trying to like 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 go like what's more what what more freedom do you have for me god um that is really helpful but then when i have that thought i go talk to my guys about it and we can be open in those ways and so having that community is so important having the love of god is so important that's really powerful man and thanks thanks
0: for sharing that part of your story i didn't know that but um yeah it it, it's really interesting when you do start to be the guy who's the spokesperson for healthy sex and living a life of freedom and just the dynamics it can bring in your personal life it's super interesting um and I, I do like that you have that community as well. I think that's a huge part. Um, and certainly for me, I would probably answer very similarly. Like That's just been really, really useful. Yeah. Um, you, have, you have so many cool programs. You guys have tons of resources. I'm wondering if you can just uh, tell our audience, if they want to connect with you guys, find out more about what you're up to, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, Instagram is restored underscore community. And we do daily posts on there. And get uh... some great reels there, man. <laughs> I love some them. funny reels. It's pretty fun. Um, some might be a little corny, but they're pretty fun. Um, oh, they're great. They're great. Yeah, thanks. It's awesome. Um, restoredministries.ca is the website. Um, there's support there for wives. We've got, like, uh, I mean, in my opinion, the best, but I'll just say one of the best female coaches to help both um, females in addiction, but also the wives of, of husbands who are addicted. Uh, we get so many testimonies from women just working with her. Her name is Kelly and she's phenomenal. So, so there's that, which is really cool. Um, the pure freedom journey is our main program. And that's where the Lord started speaking to me about this in November, 2019, about having a more interactive online program and four months later is when COVID hit. And so it's really wow. cool. Um, but it's, it's a uh, 52 weeks. There's 52 videos that people go through and there's a process of, of working through them. And then there's groups that meet. And so, Guys come in and girls come in and they get involved with the group and um, the groups are closed. So after we're always starting new groups because after a few weeks, we close the group so they can really build a solid community. And, uh, and these groups, I mean, they don't, we don't ask them to last forever, but like some have been going way longer than we even wanted. Like they've, some have been like over a year. And so it's, it's really, really awesome. But in that there's also leadership development. And so we're always looking for opportunities to, to have people lead and to step out and train leaders. And where that kind of came from is that, that we have this God given identity that he wants us to live in. And and it's, it's an identity that it says in Romans is separate from the power of sin. But when we live in this identity, it inevitably leads to impact. And so we want to create opportunities for people to, to impact other people in the area where they've been stuck. And so we get retribution on the enemy with all these people who've been stuck for decades and years. And, and had turmoil and now they're making an impact and it's so cool and so that's both on the men's side and the women's side um where we do leadership development and then there's uh i guess the last thing is the pure victory podcast people can check out too so that's amazing well hey thanks for the work you're
0: doing man i think we said this off camera but like we both know this is a a widespread issue and no one person is going to fix it all on their own we really all need each other I love what you guys are doing. I love your guys' podcast too, it's really good. We'll make sure we put a link to that in the show notes. Um, but thanks for giving us some of your time today, Matt and Sharon, uh, really appreciate it, man. Thanks, brother, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Well, there you have it, guys. That was uh, my interview with Matt Klein. I hope that was valuable for you. Uh, like I said, I, I learned a lot. His take about masturbation really blew me away. I had never heard that depth of a response, but I, I loved his stance, I, I think I fully agree with it. And, you know, all the other things he shared were amazing too. So, uh, so thanks for listening. If I could give you guys any encouragement as a takeaway from this, go do a cleansing hour with his team. Like it's free of charge or you can leave a little donation. It's not going to cost you a lot of money, um, but you have literally nothing to lose and everything to gain. I'm sure it does sound a little bit daunting or intimidating. I can remember the first time I went through something like that, like a a session, an inner healing session or a a deliverance session. Um, definitely a little bit scary going into it, but I'm yet to have a bad experience. It's, it's been actually very helpful for me over the years and something that I will go back and do periodically. Uh, so I'd really encourage you guys, if you're going to do anything, um, you know, there's tons of podcasts out there. There's lots of courses out there. And I mean, you, their stuff is great. Like you can go enjoy and partake in all of it. But if there's one thing that I could say like, Hey, you're probably not going to get this in too many other places. It's that cleansing hour. Um, I would click on the link and go sign up for a time right now. You will be so blessed by it. So, hey, thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. And I hope you have an amazing day. I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care, bye-bye. Hey everybody, it's Sophia again. Thanks for listening to Unleash The Man Within. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a rating or review on your podcast platform. Now, I wanna take this final moment to invite you to something that I'm really excited about, our deep clean VIP community. Here's the deal we saw that in this space of manhood, sexuality and faith, there are a lot of unasked questions. They range from relationships to sex to male anatomy, calling, career and everything in between. We create a deep clean VIP for men like you who want regular coaching from me, VIP access to our podcast guests where you get to interact with some of the world's leading experts in men's health, a monthly seminar and a community of men from around the world pursuing success in life and integrity in sexuality. Deep Clean VIP provides answers to your deepest questions, hope for a full recovery, and the necessary tools to make that full recovery a reality. If you're ready to take things to the next level, I want you to stop what you're doing right now and sign up for Deep Clean VIP at www.sathiasam.com slash Deep Clean VIP. The link is in the show notes, but let me give it one more time. That's www.sathiasam.com slash VIP.